You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 353. I am Tim Robertson and it's David Cohen. Cohen. Yep. Cohen? Cohen? A Cohen 747. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you had a really good cruise ship, huh? Yeah, yeah, we did. We had a, a great time. Ne- uh, never been on a cruise ship. No? No. Nope. I think everyone should try at least once. They don't appeal to me, to be honest. I, I like the destinations they go to, but I don't know. This, eh, I don't know. The idea of being on the ocean on this giant ship that's that are just notorious for making everyone sick all the time just no, doesn't appeal to me. I, I I can't remember the last time I saw somebody sick on a ship, except when we, you know, if you're in a storm or something like this. But they're for for a start, they're huge and they're extremely well stabilized. So you, I mean, this one, the sea was pretty calm most of the time. You wouldn't have known you were on a ship. You couldn't feel it. I'm talking about the repeated reports about germ warfare happening on ships. Oh, you're talking about the norovirus. Well, yeah. they're pretty good at avoiding that now. They basically every room you go into has a uh, dispenser of Purell, and they encourage you to Purell as often as possible. And if you do that and are conscious about where you put your hands, then, you know, norovirus doesn't happen that often. Hmm. I don't know. This doesn't sound very appealing to me personally. Okay. Well, that's fine. Horses for courses. I'd rather go, you know, out to a, the woods and hike or, I don't know, an amusement park or, I don't know. It's just, uh, it, I don't know. The whole cruise ship thing, that mentality... This has never really appealed to me, but maybe I'd change my mind if I actually went on one. Maybe I would love it. Yeah, or maybe I, I, I don't, I don't quite get what the mentality is. So um, it's it's just like floating hotel. Yeah, but see, when I go to a hotel, the hotel is there just so I can have that central location. Then I go out and do things. Yeah, well, that's what you do on the ship. You leave your cabin and you go and do things on the ship, or you get off the ship. Hmm. So, um, yeah, clearly I've not convinced you. No, not really. (laughs) You know, I'm rewatching a movie that I watched a while back called, um, Titanic. Yeah. Uh, Valerian. Oh yeah. I, I, I I didn't see that the first time around. It's just come up on Netflix, hasn't it? So I was thinking he was going to watch it. Uh, I think I'm watching it on Amazon's prime and I watched it once when it first came out. And I thought, it's okay. I mean, and there was one aspect that I forgot that was really, really annoying to me. The female character, and I don't remember her name, says, the, the, the name Valerian is the head character, right? Yeah. She says his name at least a thousand times in this movie. <laughs> over and over and over. I'm like, oh, didn't the actress realize that this is super annoying? At one point, he's like chasing another ship in his ship. And it would be like this. 
What do you think, David? Hey, David. David, I heard you went to this. So, David, I, I, stop saying his name and everything you say. Oh, it was. It's just. Uh, it's just terrible. So, the, I think the script was written by Frenchman. I don't know if that's a, <laughs> has a bearing on the. Uh... Well, the comic book was. Yeah, but it wasn't. Um, wasn't this Luke Besson who did? Uh, yes, it or was. Am I confusing it with somebody else. No, no, you did, you're right. Yeah. And and you see some of the aesthetics that he brought over from uh, the Fifth Element, which I love yeah. the Fifth Element. But uh, I don't know. It's just I don't yeah. buy the characters most of the time. Mostly, well, I, I don't buy it, the female it didn't, it character. Didn't get stellar reviews by a, by a long stretch. No. Um, but uh, yeah, it was actually written by him as well by Luke Besson. Uh, perhaps, perhaps in some respects. If you love the material too much, it's not you're not the best person to adapt it. Yeah, that's that can be. But then again, like there's a whole thing about Watchmen. Now, Watchmen had a movie what a decade ago now. Yeah, and it was okay. Now, is it as good as a comic book? Of course not. I mean, Watchmen is one of the best comic books of all time, and it takes the opposite approach when it comes to popular superheroes. It really puts the spotlight on them like these are some of these people were not good people um but you can only do so much in a two and a half hour movie when it comes to a very deep 12 issue miniseries Mm -hmm. so i kind of understood all right this is an adapt they're adapting the same content they're telling the same story although they made some creative choices to change some things up that works better in a comic book, but probably not in the movie. I get it. And I still enjoyed it. If it's on, I'll watch it. It's good. I, I think I yeah. own it on iTunes. Uh, actually, you know what? I got a Blu-ray of it actually, or is it a DVD? I think it's a Blu-ray because it came with a PS3 game and the movie and it was a Blu-ray right. and uh, the game was okay, but never, never even knew they did the game of it. It, it was actually pretty good. Your night owl and, and uh, Rorschach. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I see that their HBO has ordered a Watchmen miniseries. Yeah, and all they're doing is taking inspiration from. They, they said they're not adapting Watchmen. They're not really putting it in. Uh, it, it's not a prequel, and it's not a sequel. So what the heck are you doing? You're just doing your own thing and calling it Watchmen? Uh, I think what they're doing is they're taking the setting of the Watchmen and a light adaptation of the characters, and then they're probably going to do a regular superhero show. I hope not. Oh, well, I hope not as well, because that's the whole point of the Watchmen. The, the Watchmen was almost like anti-comic book superheroes. Yes. Uh, even even for the ones in the, in the story who aren't evil, they're kind of... You know, they kind of portrayed as being effectively pointless. Yes. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, some more so than others, and and some of them are less accepting of that than others. Uh, and then they get put in a situation where they really do have a chance to save the world. Um, so so to, to kind of make a, a kind of a, a Warner Brothers-style villain of the week comic book show um, would be a terrible, terrible mistake. I mean... Yeah, that would be you know that uh, would be panned from all sides. Uh yeah, I mean um who's who's the guy who wrote the Watchmen? Um Alan Moore. Oh. 
Alan Moore. I mean, he dissociates himself from every adaptation of everything he's ever written anyway, yes. but I mean, I'd imagine he'd go postal on them if they actually did that to it. Yeah, but he's a contrarian dick to begin with. Yeah. So no, he's... Not, what that was what I was saying is even yeah. for, for him, I mean, he'd probably... you probably see what he really feels about it. Oh, yeah. If they... If they he just basically trashed it. He probably, he probably wouldn't do anything. He did have an aneurysm and keel yeah. over. Um, I don't have a problem of people taking certain characters and putting them in different situations, even if it's outside the, the universe, if you will, that that character normally in, inhibits. Mm-hmm. Um, the Batman is probably the prime example. You've seen so many different Batman adaptations that... It just works. It's a character that you can tell different stories with. Um, Some of them work. Some of them are just horrendous. They had this. I've been hearing about for the past eight months, Batman Ninja, how amazing it looks. And early reviews are just praising it. So I said, well, I want to give this a watch. You know, I like Batman and I get the concept. It's I I thought what it was, was a reimagining of Batman back in Samurai days. That sounds interesting. Well, that's not what it is. Batman's fighting his normal villains and he gets sucked through time. They all end up in in samurai Japan, if you will, uh, but not all at the same time. And it's just horrendously bad. Well, the I, animation I is like that. If you have to explain the reason for your scenario to exist, yeah, then you've already failed. Yeah, I agree with you 100. <laughs> percent This this thing is hor- They're like, well, they're very creative in in the artwork. No, they're really not. It's just horrendously bad on every level. There's nothing that I enjoyed about it. I got about halfway through and I just finally gave up. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to watch this anymore. This is not, not only is it a waste of my time, it's almost insultingly bad. And uh, a friend of mine on Facebook, I used to see her all the time at Macworld Expo. uh, She said, it's so bad. It's great. And I said, no, 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 it it never... (laughs) Some things are so bad, they become great. Uh, Gremlins, for instance. It's a bad movie. It's really bad puppetry. But it's so bad, it's great. Right? Mm-hmm. So you can forgive some things because it's so bad. You, it, It's so bad, or there's some pets that are so ugly that they're cute. Right? Those dogs that have no hair and they look like a rat. They're so ugly that they become cute. Mm-hmm. That's fine. This isn't one of those things. This is just, it's horrendously bad on every level. The writing, the animation, the voice acting, it's just terrible. Um, so I don't mind, though, to, to try things like that. But Watchmen isn't a property, I think, that would lend itself well to taking those characters and situations and doing something different with them. I just don't, I don't feel... That being said, I don't know if you know this, they're actually bringing the Watchmen characters into the modern DC universe in the comic books. I didn't know that, no. Yeah. Well, that, that also sounds like a bad idea. It is. And I thought, well, how, how the heck are they going to do Rorschach? Because he, he didn't really fare very well at the end of Watchmen. Well, uh, well there's a new Rorschach. And all the, when it comes to continuity all bets are off in comics well, no they they but. took exactly the watchman comic book those characters and they're basically bringing them into the dc universe and the whole concept is adrian chase is looking for john right or not adrian choice adrian 
I remember his first name was Adrian. Ozymandias. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's looking for John. He thinks John is in, in this new universe. And Rorschach is there, except it's not the same Rorschach. He acts exactly the same. It's right. just like, mm, I'm, I'm still interested, and it's drawn very reminiscent of Dave Gibson and what he did in that Watchmen series, but mm-hmm. eh, I think it's going to end badly all the way around for the concept well, of bringing them in. Yeah, well, let's face it. It's just another gimmick. Well, it's a gimmick, and it's a way that they can start reasoning some of these popular characters. Yeah. DC has been wanting to do more with Watchmen since the success of that original miniseries. But they had a gentleman's agreement with Dave Gibson that they would leave it alone. So, anyways, let's get on to some uh, tech-related topics, if you don't mind. There was no tech news this week. Yeah, Apple came out with their whole WWDC... um, I don't know. So I, I, I um, you'll recall that I sent you a message because I, I was on a train um, going down to London. Yeah. When, when the um, when the uh, the keynote was on, it's it's early evening here in the UK when when those things happen in in the West Coast. And uh, yeah, I was going down to London for work for the week, uh, having been on vacation. So I <laughs> went to look for a live vlog. Yep. Of it, and I started reading. I went. I ended up on the verge. Started reading it, and I'd been reading it for ten minutes before I realised I was what I was reading last year's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, is that that did not. I, I think that tells you everything about what my expectations were for this, which was. Uh, I th- I, the problem with WWDC keynotes is the actual keynote that gets publicised is nothing to do with WWDC. WDDC at all really it's a developer show and the guys who go to it want to understand the nuts and bolts of what's changing in the depths of iOS and macOS and so the headline features that get promoted up at the front a lot of them can be a little bit meh um, I've, and, and yeah when I actually found the right live blog um, they were talking about ARKit and ARKit just does not excite me at all no me neither I, I know that they think it's it's going to be great, and I think AR itself could be really great. So this is looking at the real world by having computer, intelligent computer graphics superimposed over them. So if you point your phone at a table, it can it, the AR kit recognizes where the table is, and it puts characters or uh, interactions or things like that on the table. The concept of that is fine. The problem is the way Apple is executing it, which is you holding up your phone or your iPad to do that, is stupid. Yep. Nobody's going to do that. No. To me, that means that AR kit is a little bit, until they come up with some head-mounted device where you're looking at the real world. Just with, glasses. You put glasses on, and there it is. Yeah. And and to me, as well, I, I'm, I'm less excited about 3D graphics as I am about the computer being able to identify the things I'm looking at and annotate them. To me, that's much more of a useful thing than than being able to move block virtual blocks around the table or something like that. You know, so um, there you go. So, yeah, I was underwhelmed by our kit. But as the thing went on, I became more and more intrigued in the approach they're taking to some things. And I kind of came away 
kind of given them a B plus score. I thought I, I, it's good to see they seem to have got the message that we're not looking for radical change in everything every year, and it'd be better for them to consolidate, uh, introduce new features, fine, but really con- concentrate on polishing things up under the surface, bringing better performance, better stability, that sort of thing. And that seems to be the approach they're taking with both iOS and macOS this year, which is is useful to see. So iOS 12, uh, their big thing that I saw, and I never watched the keynote because I I just have so little interest at this point, uh, reliability, and that older phones would be 40 to 70% faster at certain tasks. That's interesting to me. If you could yeah. take my, my 8 Plus and make it even faster, that's got my attention. But I'll be honest with you. All of the stuff that they, you know, are AR Kit Two and multiplaying games and uh, the new measuring app and the very little changes to the camera app and yeah, it's just okay. Nothing. I, iPad gestures are switching to more like iPhone gestures. The Siri shortcuts are kind of interesting. But Siri sucks so bad that it can only get better, anyways. So, well, yeah, the thing is, I mean, they've they've slapped the Siri name on that, but actually, it's not really anything to do with Siri. This is the workflow application they they bought last year, basically embedded into the operating system. So, yeah, it can be activated with Siri, but actually, what you're doing is you're building automated style workflows on iOS yep. for third party apps, which is huge. It's absolutely huge because one of the restrictions, the, the frustrations we have in, as iOS users is that it's nowhere near as flexible as the things you can do on Android. Yeah. So the fact that you can do that and it's built is the operating system and, and uh, you know, uh, with the caveat that we've yet to see the details of this and who knows, for, we may find out we can only do the clever stuff with the Stocks app. I was I was stunned by how much they went on about the Stocks app in this keynote. Ugh. <laughs> Silicon Valley millionaires. That's yeah, all it is. Yeah, I know. But it's like nobody is interested in the stocks app. No. Um, Send me an email if you're interested in the stocks app. When it comes to iOS, the only thing that really both got my attention and got me excited and means I'm going to be an iOS 12 adopter from day one is the difference or the uh, the enhancement they made to CarPlay. And right. specifically, Google Maps and Waze can now be navigation on Apple CarPlay. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, I hate Apple Maps. It sucks. It is not anywhere close to being as good as Google Maps. It's just not. It's, uh, Google Maps yeah, blows it away on every Apple level. Maps, it's one of those weird Apple things in that when it's good, it's very good. But there are times when it's just not good. And when it's not good, it's useless. But it's not, it's not good. That's the problem. It's not as good as on any level. As Google Maps. Google Maps looks better. It's cleaner. It has way more useful information. It's always up to date. It tells you what traffic is doing right now. Um, it's just better on every level. It just is. And Apple Maps just can't compete with it. So I, I like the... I, look, I went out and bought a, a third-party Apple CarPlay stereo for my Sequoia. You've been in it. You've seen it. Yeah. And it, and it works great. But... I don't like Apple Maps. So the most of the, the things that I use it for mostly is making phone calls, uh, receiving and sending texts because I don't even have to look at anything. I just talk to the car. Um, and occasionally I would use Maps because it was convenient, even though it kind of sucks. 
with Google Maps now being compatible, if you will, that's a big change for me. I can see it being way bigger now than it ever was before. No. So, and I think this is big for those car manufacturers who are having Apple CarPlay built in because built-in navigation on every car sucks compared to Google Maps. It just they just do. Even Apple Maps is better than most built-in navigation systems in an automobile. It just is. Yeah. But um yeah, I I See, see, to me, that less excited me than the all the uh, management stuff that's coming, which is, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about recently, is something I've already been doing with third party, but I'd love to have Apple's official thing telling me what, uh, you know, what my kids have been doing on their uh, devices, how long they've been using them. That's, um, that's, in, putting, that's intriguing. Putting alerts up on everything. I think it's long overdue that that stuff is built into iOS. And, um, you know, I welcome it. In fact, I'm I'm... So excited about that, I may consider putting the betas onto uh, the kids' devices so I can try it out early. Don't don't forget the new emojis changes coming. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, they have... Why do they keep talking about this? So, why, why do they think any 12-year-old is watching this keynote? I, well, look, I, this is this is the problem with this keynote is they have to throw a whole load of feature updates in there, and it was clear that they were stretching in some areas, and I think tongue emoji is one of them. Um, Who knows? Maybe we're not into the enough into the live emoji subculture that um, we completely underestimate how important it is to people. Group face chat is up to thirty-two people. That is kind of exciting. I kind of like that. I wondered whether we might want to consider trying FaceTime when iOS 12 comes out. It um, depends. The show. It depends on if it's going to work on the Mac as flawlessly or not. Yeah. Because Mojave, which is Mac OS 10.4, also was introduced, if you will. The big thing there, of course, is dark mode. Um, <laughs> you know. That sentence just kind of sums up the big thing is dark mode. Yeah, dark mode. <laughs> Um, a theme it it Um, looks cool but 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 again i i think i think a the fact that they gave features in mac os so much time is encouraging to me because it it reassures us the fact the mac is not going away uh and that the mac is important to apple and hopefully that will translate into hardware products as much as software products well sticking with the software products they are introducing a new mac app store because let's be honest, it's been a, a ghost town since they launched it. Um, yeah. It's almost a running joke. Well, the new UI for the Mac App Store is very reminiscent of what you would see on iOS. Specifically, I think, uh, the iPad App Store, much more than the iPhone one because, well, screen real estate. But that being said, they seem to think that we just put bigger graphics up now. And that's that's the big thing. Bigger, bolder graphics. I ugh. look. It, it needs an update. Maybe this is what it's going to be, but I don't know. Uh, but personally, continuity is the big thing. Let's be honest. For macOS and iOS to share apps, the same apps, that your iOS apps will work on the Mac is a big big deal. That's the big thing. Would you not agree? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I think it's important to Apple, but 
but I, I'm, I have a lot of questions about how this is going to work. Um, the, the interfaces between the two types of systems are so different. I, I, to me, I think it, I, I want to see more detail about how you actually have an app ported from iOS to Mac where you're not using fingers, you're not using, uh, using a mouse and a keyboard to integrate it, to interface with the app. I, I want to see how it works because to me, there could be a lot of problems there. Could be, but I yeah. think that they, I think the, the benefits of allowing the Mac to be able to run iOS apps using a keyboard and, and a mouse, if it's implemented correctly, could be a game changer. I, yeah. I, I think it could be one of those things that when it is launched and it works as well as we hope it does, Hell, I would just be happy to be able to download apps again, iOS apps, to my freaking computer, um, and then it just automatically goes on my iPhone. I, I can't even browse the uh, the iTunes iOS store on my Mac. It's oh, my discoverability yeah, I don't, I don't of apps think is just is that, nil. This is to allow developers to easily port apps between the Mac and the iPad and the iOS. I don't think it's a compatibility layer it's or an not. emulator. No, it is. At least that's from what I'm. I saw. I mean, it's basically that you can use some iOS apps on the Mac. I think you have to port them. I don't think they just work out the box. Well, they do. You do have to port them. That, there's no yeah. question there. But yeah, it's not. It's not like you're going to get you know, somebody's going to release a new iOS app and it will automatically run in a window on your Mac at the same time. They're going to have still produce two versions. Um. But it will be easier for them to do that work than it has been up until now, where basically it's been impossible because the application frameworks you develop for iOS just don't exist on the Mac. Now they will be there in a limited fashion, and so you can port some of your code over. But I don't think it will be as simple as just a tick box to say, release an iOS version and a Mac version when, you, when you're in the final compile. I think it I think, will eventually. Yeah. I think that's, that's where they're heading, because why not bring this super rich ecosystem uh, from iOS over to the Mac. Yeah. Um, th but tempering all of this, to be honest with you, uh, was at the back of my mind was, yeah, well, announcements are fine, but you've got to, got to deliver. And let's not forget that um, things that were announced in last year's keynote were delivered a week before this one, which was uh, AirPlay 2 and message iMessages in the cloud. So... Your glossy presentations at WWDC are fine, but we've got to see what ships and when it ships. And this is an area where I think Apple has to prove to, to uh, us as users that they can walk and talk at the same time. Yep. Because up until now, they've uh, certainly in recent years, they've not been doing so well at that. June 21st, or I'm sorry, July 21st is uh, less than 45 days away as we record this. Uh, and that is the time and the date, uh, 4 o'clock p.m. Guy Searle and I will be doing the MyMac quiz at the MacStock Expo. So those who are listening would like to uh, meet me in person. Here's a good opportunity. Uh, and it's a really fun time as well. MacStock Conference, uh, July 21st and 22nd. Tickets are available at MacStockConferenceAndExpo.com. Uh, you can always just follow a link over at my Mac because we link right to the Mac conference. Um, it's going to be a good time. The, the game show is uh, is going to be a little different. So if you attended last year, and I know David was there last year, 
Uh, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to have a little bit more interactivity. Uh, we're going to have free prizes. Um, should be a good time, David. And, of course, prizes are part of the whole thing. The USB-C dock from OWC, because, you know, Larry from OWC is going to be on the stage with me, the uh, CEO, president of the company. Well, just CEO. He's not president. Is going to be one of our special guests, David. And, hey, why not give away some of these cool new USB-C travel docks? Yeah, we, we've just got some stand-based USB-C docks for our monitors here in the office. And um, I'll tell you, it's very, very cool to have just a single cable coming off a device that does video, uh, USB networking, power charging, all of that, just in a single cable. I'll tell you, it's the future, man. It absolutely is. Apple keeps getting rid of more and more ports on there. Um, this thing comes with uh, two... USB 3.1 Generation 1, which is a standard A port. It gives you another USB auxiliary port, so you can, you know, actually power the whole thing up. Uh, an SD card reader, HDMI 2.0 port, so you can kick video out of your MacBook or uh, MacBook Pro or iMac, I suppose. Uh, supports 4K display resolution, and it's fully compatible in Thunderbolt 3 in four amazing colors. So thanks to OWC for sponsoring TechFan as well as um, coming to the Macro or Macro uh, Max conference and uh, in particularly Larry participating in the game show should be a good time. Guy Sterl and I are going to have a, a really fun time doing it this year, and of course we'll be there the the whole weekend. So we encourage anyone listening to come to Max It's going to be a good time. Forty one days exactly, David from. As we record this Friday, you've got a you've got a calendar on the wall where you're crossing them off with a red marker, yeah. Black marker, yeah, yeah. black marker. So let's uh, let's talk about our Wikipedia, David. It's next. You remember next? next? Next, yeah, that's a clothing company here in the UK. Yep, yep, that's what it is. So next was a computer company that Steve Jobs uh, kind of launched after he was fired. From Apple Computer. It's what he did next. It's what he did next. Hmm. I wonder if that's where he came up with the name. Um, it was never a hugely successful company, David. Well, it's interesting because this is this is the process that Steve Jobs went through to kind of round some of his corners off and and turn him into the the guy who was able to deliver the iPod, the iPhone, when he came back to Apple. But. Um, when he first started at Next, it was the thing he'd done next, and he was still the same jerk he was when he left Apple. And uh, But this is where he learned to become a real leader. He, Yeah, but unfortunately, during the part of that process, um, it wasn't an environment that was particularly, you know, some of his foibles were still there, and it didn't really lead Next to massive success. No. So it was founded in 1985. And when it was first founded, I remember watching this video of the early people at Next. And I actually know one of them. And it was, let's just say they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do. So they had this idea of, this is what Steve Jobs is going to do next. But they didn't have a product. This was a company that was looking for a product. And it was going to be, it eventually was, uh, the next computer and the computer itself was pretty generic to be honest. They, they put in a cube and all that, but it was really about the operating system. 
And that was way ahead of its time. Yeah. And that operating system, Next Step, uh, begat OpenStep, which was a programming language, which all together became the Mac OS, uh, you know, in 99, basically. Because Next, as we all know, was purchased by Apple in 1997 for $429 million. And it was probably the biggest thing Apple has ever done to this day. Acquiring Next changed the direction of Apple forever. Without this purchase, you would not have the smartphone market that we have today. We'd probably still be using flip phones. Um, You wouldn't have the tablets like we have today. Apple probably would have gone under at this point. So oh, I did, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have the internet because the World Wide Web was invented by Tim Berners-Lee on a next computer. Yeah, I, I think that would have been invented regardless. He just happened to be I, I think using without, a next computer. I'm, I'm not sure. I think one of the things about um, next uh, next step was uh, an, uh, web, ob- web an, objects. It was so ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. It actually—I mean, you look at—you can look at a picture of you, know, you go like in this Wikipedia article. You see a picture of a next desktop now. It's not a million miles different, obviously, from what we have today. But back then, in the in the late nineties, we were people were still using Windows uh, Windows ninety five machines. They looked, they didn't work anything like this. I don't think you could have built the World Wide Web on the computers that, that were available at the time, apart from something like this. True. There is some truth to that. I agree. Do you think, well, that's kind of a redundant question. I was going to say, do you think next gets the credit it deserves? And obviously it doesn't because let's be honest, even the hardcore tech people listening to the show, fans of technology probably know very little about next. And yet it's, it's that company. And really going back to one guy again, Steve jobs, who really changed so much with this one company and when Apple, it was almost a, a reverse acquisition. Yes, Apple purchased next, but Steve Jobs returned to Apple. That was the catalyst for all the changes that were to come. Well, I, I think I think they tried to avoid that happening. He I mean Steve Jobs wasn't given cash as part of his part of the deal, and he was given an uh, honorary consultant role. But I, they never. What they didn't realize that was going to happen was that he basically took the company over from the inside and then reshaped it in his own image. He he five year, for uh, five years he'd had an opportunity to see how things needed to be done, and he came back. He saw Apple making many of the same mistakes they started to make when he left. Some of those mistakes were his mistakes. That's twelve years he, later. Yeah, twelve years. Sorry, yeah, not five. Um, and he. He he basically from the inside took it over and dealt with it. And all the top people from Next became top people at Apple. Yeah. He saved the company. It was as 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 the meme goes, it was indeed beleaguered. Um, and he, he certainly set things up. Not only um, he gets credit for the iMac, which was already under development. Um, but uh, he, he got them into the music business and that got them into the phone business. And um that is what Apple is, is giving up. If Apple was still just making Macs, they probably wouldn't be here now. Is there a more... I, I don't want this to turn into the Steve Jobs thing, but it really is. 
because there is no next and there is no Apple without Steve Jobs. Um, yeah. Is there a more compelling story than Steve Jobs founding Apple with Steve Wozniak getting fired from that company? Um, not even 10 years later. I mean, it was eight years. Was it eight, seven or eight years into Apple? He was fired and then returns 12 years later and completely turns the company around and makes them the most, the, the biggest tech company in the world. I mean, is there a, a more compelling story than that one? I, Cause I can't it, think of one. It's pretty good. Uh, some of the other compelling stories are also Steve Jobs. Obviously, what he did with Pixar was an, was another. That on its own would be even if he'd never gone near a computer again. That on the, what he did with Pixar would have been a compelling story. Yeah, he's not he's not the only one in, in this industry who's done this. Uh, you know, I'm thinking uh, Michael Dell, for instance, came back, took Dell back on, uh, but he was never fired. He retired. Yeah. But he came back. He bought it out again, and he's he, again. He took a, he took that his old company that was becoming beleaguered and is now much more successful. But the thing is, is that nobody knows who Michael Dell. Nobody knows what he looks like, what he sounds like. Well, because what, what Dell do doesn't change he's anything. Not, he's not a charismatic, compelling personality. Well, even if he was, Dell doesn't do anything but sell computers. They don't innovate anything. They just well, take you know, standard I, I think stuff and sell of, it. Somebody coming in and saving the company they left. It's the same sort of story, but it's nowhere near as interesting. Uh, and that's to do with the personality. I, I think, you know, that, I think it's um, also the achievement, though, because you've got to go beyond just he saved the company. I, I know. What does the what does that company represent? You can't point to any company that has the cultural impact that Apple has had in the last 20 years. Not one. I agree. I, I, I'm just. I'm just saying it's not the only story like that, but you need a little bit more than just that. Exactly. Uh, I'd agree uh, with you there. You, you do need the personality. You do need the chutzpah, the uh, self-bravado, and the confidence, and the ability, and the genius, uh, all of these things. I actually think that in terms of that story, it was um, one of the successes of the uh, of the uh, Aaron Sorkin um, Jobs movie, was that it kind of captured that, even though they kind of made a lot of it up and, and, and it was all, it was more like a play than a movie. I think they captured the essence of that story quite well in terms of, you know, him going away and then coming back and actually being the winner. Um, I, I think, I think they, they kind of got that and they kind of got it. They kind of brought over the changes he made in himself and the, the, difference of the person he was even though it was it was all in a kind of this fictional Sorkin world which it wasn't really real did you ever watch the series halt and catch fire i have not but i've heard that it's um well regarded it as someone who lived through that time frame time period um you know they borrow a lot of the mysticism around apple and Steve Jobs in particular, as well yeah, as Steve Wozniak in just 80s and early 90s culture. Yeah. And it's meant to it's, be based on the story of Compaq. Uh, it is. Yeah. It is. But they take a lot of it, – it's a fictional story. Well, yeah. Um, but, in fact, I heard somebody mention Holton Catchfire the other day, and of course they said, well, you can tell it's fictional because there were no female engineers back then. There really wasn't. There was, actually. No, just, no, there were, but not in the no. way they portrayed you, you it. Should, you should really – I think it's all on Netflix now. 
you really should watch. It's only four seasons. Uh-huh. And it it's not without its flaws, but it's one of my favorite series um, in the last 20 years. I would put it in my top 10. It was, and that's mostly because I'm a tech person by in in my heart. I always have been. Even when I wasn't into tech when I was younger, I was still into tech. I just didn't realize that's what it was. Um, you really should watch it. Of all people, David, I think you would immensely enjoy it. I shall do then. You should do that. Um, so yeah, that's that's the next. There's a lot to it. Obviously, we we just barely scratched the surface <laughs> but i would encourage you guys to follow the link from either mymac.com or techfanpodcast.com over to the wikipedia entry for next because it is a really interesting read you know where the technology was what they got right more importantly probably what they got wrong the struggles of this company and these this struggle with next trying to make it successful shaped what Steve Jobs would be like later in life and led directly to where we are right now in the tech world. You're not finding very many segments in the tech world that hasn't been influenced by Apple products, be it the iOS, the App Store. The idea of using portable apps is as rich as they are. Cameras in your phone. I mean, a lot of people don't even think about that. You know, that was the, that's the big thing with smartphones nowadays. They have cameras in them and they're good cameras. You know, the, the little stupid flip phones had cameras, but they were terrible. They were just terrible. It wasn't until the iPhone that you actually got a decent camera and a phone. So all of this stuff started because Steve Jobs was fired from Apple and started his own company in, let's be honest, David, a, I'll show you mentality yeah and he did not with next though (laughs) (laughs) but it taught him um all the lessons he was going to need later in life yeah so Uh, i wonder how how much of it he planned i don't think he planned hardly any of it well maybe maybe because you knew he wanted to come back to apple how could he that's that's what i mean i mean how how long was it between him Figuring out there's an opportunity to sell next to Apple and get back in. Was it was it when Apple approached him, or did he spot it earlier and and kind of maneuver next that way? I will we'll never know. But um, never know. Well, they can't. You got to remember, Apple came really close to buying the BOS. Oh, well, yeah, I know they did. Uh, they were definitely on the lookout for something to get them out of the hole they were in. But you would imagine, given Steve's history at Apple, that that BOS would be the favourite. Yes. Um, and yet Steve managed to pull the deal off. Yep. You know. The BOS, we've talked about that in the past as well. Uh, another compelling story, and their only hope for survival would have been Apple buying them. And I actually downloaded, I remember downloading the BOS at one point and installing it on a Mac because it would run on a Mac platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't bad, to be honest. I mean, it, it had some glaring holes from what i remember but i remember thinking at the time i could probably i could probably work with this i could probably live with this operating system thankfully i didn't have to but (laughs) there was some good things about it and even compared to the mac that it was 
set to replace as an operating system, the Mac still had some features and spit and polish that the BOS didn't, and obviously the next OS didn't either. But when you combine the aesthetics of what a next generation of Mac OS would look like with the underpinnings of next, well, here we are. Yep. That's what we're still using. And I know there was a big thing on the internet just a couple weeks ago. The, what we call the Mac OS today has now been released in, in out there longer than the classic Mac OS was. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense, but it's still crazy. Yeah, no, it's I, just like just like, just like this, this show is still the new show. This is yeah, still the new show. Um, OS ten is still the new OS. <laughs> you got anything to uh, chat about? Uh, I have some things that I may want to chat about in a couple of weeks' time, but nothing at the moment. Okay, I'm kind of cooking some things up right now. I'm not really doing anything tech-wise. I'm I'm getting things prepared for Mac stock, obviously. Um, I got a, I got a, we got a storm coming in in probably about five hours. Uh, it's supposed to start raining and I got to mow the lawn, uh, Julie, and I got to put a new mailbox on outside, which means I have to cut a piece of wood. Uh, and I don't want to do that till after I mow the lawn. And I got Julie and I bought a new light for the dining room that I have to install. It's a hanging light. It's kind of neat looking. But we keep blowing light bulbs in the dining room. I don't know why. So You need to switch to um, energy-saving bulbs, like LED bulbs. They don't we blow as quickly. Well, one blew this morning, and I could hear it. Yeah, but LEDs won't do that. Well, they shouldn't the, do that. Well, this one did. Um, An LED one? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. No, it wasn't LED. It was, uh, what's the other one? Incandescent. No, it's not. In, no, it's LED. LED ball blue. So I think it's the the light itself, and so we're, we're replacing the whole thing. Right. This one's going to be a hanging one. It almost looks like I want to say like a jar. Oh yeah, I know the type. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, yeah, we, we have those in our house as well. With kind of a, a dark brass yeah. for the metal, it looks good. So. Yeah, and then, then the kind of big glass thing around the bulb that looks like a jar. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's what we're I'm going to install later, and um shouldn't be too difficult, but I'd rather do that when it's raining outside and get all the outside stuff done before it starts raining. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan, so let's wrap this up a little bit earlier than normal, David. I uh, missed you last week. Of course, I know you haven't listened to the last episode, but... Um, I think it was a really good one. I think, uh, oh, obviously Owen Rubin was here. I mean, enough said, I mean, it's Owen Rubin. Of course it's going to be yeah. a good show. He always brings an energy and, uh, an intelligence to the show that I very much enjoy. Uh, I'm looking forward to catching up with him. Yeah. So you here next week? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I might have to work on Friday, but perhaps we can record over the weekend. <laughs> Yep, we can probably do that. Uh, kids are uh, Wednesday coming up is the last day of school for this year, so um, yeah, it changes schedules, but that makes it uh, kind of, in some respects, a little bit easier because you don't have to try to try to cram everything in on a Sunday um, because they got all week. So yeah. definitely a possibility. All right then. Well, I shall speak to you offline about that. See you then. Mate. See you then. Mate.